Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God of grace and mercy, we give you thanks for your loving kindness to all your servants who, having finished their course in faith, now rest from their labors. Grant that we also may be faithful to death and receive the crown of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We begin by singing our first hymn, hymn number 709, The King of Love My Shepherd Is, verses 1 through 3. We continue with the responsive reading of Psalm 23 as it is found printed in your bulletin. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, as it was in the beginning. Please be seated.
The Old Testament reading for this afternoon is taken from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. This is the word of our Lord. The epistle reading is taken from Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. The Apostle Paul writes this. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies, who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine or nakedness, or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel comes to us this afternoon from St. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples, re- but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. He took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty.
at the men's glee to come forward. We will all pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace 
mercy, and peace be yours this afternoon from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I wondered why the men's glee was giving me a funny look. I put them out of order that they were supposed to go in. I apologize for that. Uh, So, Susan, we will sing How Great Thou Art immediately after the homily here. I'll apologize to you also. And so to Rachel and Robert, to family and friends of Oren, I remember the first time that I met Oren. It was just in the first week that my family and I had moved here to Freistadt, and as I was making my way from the house to my office, which is a really long commute, um, one afternoon, and this car pulls off to the side of the road, which as I found out in going on four years here, that happens a lot, people just sort of pull off to the side, and this man hollers out to me and asks me to come over. And so I did, and he introduced himself as Oren Fritz, a longtime member of Trinity, an avid harmonica player, at which point he promptly gave me one of his CDs. <laughs> and I still have it. And even though his Parkinson's made it difficult for him, Oren was a regular at church on Sundays and sat right there in that, in that pew. He was a man of God, sinner and saint, loved and forgiven by his Lord Jesus. And he instilled in their family that they were connected to Christ, more accurately that they were united with Christ, with him by their baptism into the one true faith. The reading for this afternoon highlights the depth of the the connection between Orn and our Lord. That connection is really what this service and his life are all about. What is remarkable here is not that Oren died, but that he died so well. Listen to these words from Luke's Gospel concerning Jesus on the cross. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, when the sun's light had failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathes his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Surely this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Most of you here know that Oren had fought with Parkinson's for a long time. It was a battle that he fought for many years. And this text from Luke is really commended to us here this afternoon because Jesus, too, knew what it was to struggle. Jesus, too, knew what it was to try to do the simple things in life. Like for him, breathing on the cross. Like for Oren, just doing those day-to-day things, only to struggle and to find that it was difficult. But why talk about Jesus' death? Why focus on someone else when we should be here thinking about Oren? Well, because Oren and Jesus shared in death what they shared in life and what they now share in eternity. They were bound together in a way that Jesus' death was Oren's death, and Oren's death was Jesus' death.
They shared in the same story. They lived a single life between them. This sounds odd to our ears, but let's think about it for just a moment. Orn and Jesus were bound together in word and sacrament. At this altar was where Orn was given Jesus' flesh and blood to eat and drink for the forgiveness of his sins. And he came faithfully to hear the gospel proclaimed. The gospel that repeatedly assured him that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. That we are one with him even as he and the Father are one. At the font, Orin was baptized into both the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They had one body, that of Jesus, and they had one spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. And so how do we know this to be true? How do we know that Orin and Jesus were so intimately bound together? We know this because of the good confession that Orn made. The confession of faith said during the, uh, during the Apostles' Creed that each of us here said just a moment ago. He witnessed the faith and stood up to be counted among the people of God. He confessed the faith in the language of the church from ancient times. He spoke the creeds, as we said, in the company of his fellow Christians and sang the hymns of the church. But here was another way, a very important way in which Oren confessed the faith. He lived according to the word of God and let the light of Christ shine through him into the lives of others. A few days ago, Rachel told me a story of when Oren was at Breeze Park that he joined up with another musically inclined resident and started a jam session with his harmonica and this other resident right there in the hallway. And everybody just sort of watched and watched them play. That was Orin, friendly and charming, and a vessel for the light of Christ to shine through. Orin, too, confessed the faith by being a good father, of course, his family would love for all of you to know what a, wonderful fam- what, what a wonderful father and grandfather that he was. But it really hardly needs to be said. You see, it can be seen by the love that they have for him. A Christian father is one who patterns his care after the care that God shows us. Orm was that kind of parent. When his children were in need of something... He simply provided, just as good fathers do. Being a Christian father goes hand in hand with being a Christian husband. Oren was both. He confessed the faith in his love and devotion to his wife. To be a good husband, then, is to love your wife, as Christ loves his church. Carolyn and Oren confessed by the word and deed, by word and deed, that God had put them together. Now, Oren's confirmation verse is an interesting one. It's from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. It says, for while bodily training is of, is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, taken at face value, this verse would appear as though it is by our own efforts that we make ourselves godly. But that is not the case at all. We are only godly because of he who gives eternal life. 
Because as we mentioned before, he is the vine and we are the branches. And apart from him, we can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, we are nothing. Apart from Christ, we have absolutely no hope for everlasting life. You see, for as good as a husband and a father and a friend that Orrin was, he never could have been a good enough father or a good enough husband or a good enough friend in order to earn his way into heaven. No. That entrance was done for him. It was done for him on the cross. On the cross in which Jesus died and he breathes his last, and as you read, the curtain of the temple is torn in two from top to bottom, thus signifying that God no longer dwells in temples, but that God dwells inside of us. Revelation speaks to this, for the dwelling place of God is now with men, with us as his people. I began this message by saying that Oren was both saint and sinner, and that was 100% true. Saint, not because he was a fabulous harmonica player, and he's probably playing it up there right now, charming his way as he goes, but saint because of what Christ has done for him. Saint because his sins have been forgiven. Saint because the blood of Jesus has covered him completely from top to bottom. And it was sin that caused Orn to die, not an individual sin that he had committed, no, but sin that caused him to be a mortal human being, just like all of us. Sin that caused him to be, that caused him to be susceptible to death. But through Christ, death is not his end. Some of you who have been to funeral services in the past in which I have officiated have heard this before, but it bears repeating. If Orrin were here, to, if, if Orrin were here in his body today and could speak to us, he would only say one thing. That Jesus had kept his promise to him and that he resides in heaven today because of that promise. In the epistle lesson from this morning in Sunday worship, the text began out with Hebrews chapter 11, and that is the great heroes of the faith chapter in which the writer talks about the faith of Enoch and Moses and Noah and so many others. And in chapter 12, it talks about being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And how those witnesses, how those heroes of faith were saved, how they were saints, was not by anything that they had done, not because they had a certain amount of belief in God. No, they simply believed the promises of God. The same promises that Orn believed. The same promises of God that now, today, allow him to reside in heaven. But as we have mentioned before, this is not the end for Oren. Because Oren, just like the rest of us, and just like the rest of those saints who are in the cemetery behind us, we wait. 
and we wait for the coming of Christ and the resurrection and the culmination of our faith. I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the great resurrection passage. And Paul says this, But in fact, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those, who, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For, all, for as by a man came death, by a man also has come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to, to be destroyed is death. And so that enemy has been, has been completely destroyed for Orn, just like it has been destroyed for you and me. It was this hope of his faith that Orn lived in. It was this hope in this faith, these promises of God that Orn was connected to. It was this hope and this faith in these promises of God for why Orin died with Christ. And it is this faith and this hope and these promises of God that we can be assured of the fact that Orin will be made alive again. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We now sing our next hymn, How Great Thou Art. That's number 801 in your hymnal.
Please stand for prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have knit your chosen people together in one communion in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and that through the gate of death and the grave we may pass with him to our joyful resurrection. Grant to your faithful people pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Grant to all who mourn trust in your loving care, that casting all their sorrow on you, they may know the consolation of your love. Help us, we pray, in the midst of things we cannot understand, to believe and find comfort in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. God of all grace, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to bring life and immortality to light. We give you thanks that by his death that he destroyed the power of death, and by his resurrection opened the kingdom to all believers. Prepare us in the assurance that because he lives, we shall live also, and that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come will be able to separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we pray together the prayer in which our Lord gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. This does conclude this portion of the funeral service. We will continue with the portion that is at the 
graveside. Uh, we invite you to follow the family to that place where the service will continue at this time.